This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to Talking Devils Podcast, brought to you by TalkingDevils.co.uk, your number one independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Keen. Off the plane, off, off a delayed flight and all, so we we started a bit later um, than usual, but we are here today um, to talk all things Manchester United. Very good game last night against Sheriff, so we will um, talk about that. Also going to talk about West Ham coming up this weekend, watch that they may pose. Um, also touch on Declan Rice as well, someone who's always been linked to Man United. We're going to chat about Declan Rice as well. We're going to chat about Harry Maguire's return, Ronaldo back on the score sheet, and also a little thing that happened this week that um, Mr. Marsh may give us some details in his trip to Carrington this week, so we're going to chat about that as well um, on the show today. But first of all, all guys, do smash the like video, hit that subscribe button. As always, we do appreciate your support, and look, we will be banging out more content now between now and the World Cup, so do um, catch our podcasts um, in between them. But Mr. Marsh, before we talk about last night's game, before we talk about all the players returning and young players on the rise, man, we have to, we have to start off by your little trip to, to Carrington Training Ground this week. Obviously, you, you, you went to visit uh, Manchester United Training Ground this week. How, how was that? How was, how, how was it like to kind of go back home almost? Yeah, it was amazing, mate. Um, had a really good day. Um, got there quite early in the morning. Uh, met up with one of my coaches who I'd been in contact with, um, obviously about the, the the sort of meeting coming back into the club. Um, had a really good chat with him. He introduced me to some of the new coaching staff and some of the obviously lads I, I knew anyway who were part of the academy. Um, so yeah, that was really good. I watched. Um, Chelsea were actually in town, so they was playing a um, couple of age groups, I think 13s, 14s and 15s. Um, 
so I watched a little bit of the footballer. Um, Ronaldo's son was playing, um, so I had a little watch of that game. That was a good game. Um, and then I went over and watched the under-14s. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea were a very good team. Um, Chelsea had a lot of big lads. Um, felt sorry a little bit for our lads, actually, because technically there wasn't uh, much difference, but because of the physicality, I think, they, they just sort of... Um, at the edge, and, and it was hard for some of our at the United lads to sort of uh, get to grips with the game, just because of how strong some of the Chelsea boys were. But really good to sort of watch them games and just you know have a catch up with some of the coaches. Um, yeah, it was it was brilliant. And then um, around midday, um, obviously I'm I'm good friends with Tom Heaton, so he, he um, told me that the first team were due in around dinner time ish for a meeting and a like training session. So just when it's changed a little bit now because when I was there everyone was sort of in the same building. Um, whereas now, I think since Jose came in, I think obviously COVID-19 sort of uh, affected it a little bit. They, they've sort of separated. So the first team's um, in the main building and the other teams are sort of um, in the other building across the way. So, um, yeah, I, I went over there and had a little catch-up with Tom and saw a few of the players as he was coming in. Um had a good catch up and and yeah it was great. I mean I would have loved to have stayed and watched a little bit more of the training, but uh, as I say I think he was having a meeting because obviously they had the game the day after. Um, but no, it was brilliant and and I spoke to some of the coaches about obviously my future plans with with doing my UEFA. Obviously that's my um, my goal to try and get into coaching and and you know when I finish playing it'd be it'd be great to sort of get back in um, at United and, and and help out. There is quite a few lads now who I played with. Um, who are actually doing bits in the academy, um, like Paul McShane, um, Chris Backhouse, who's a goalkeeper I used to play with. He's in the academy. Tommy Lee, another goalkeeper. So um, it is a club that obviously looks after you know their own and, and players who's been there and done it. So obviously it was all positive and, and a lot of the coaches that I spoke to spoke really highly and, and knew a little bit about me. So it was great and I, I really enjoyed the day, to be fair. Um, got Tom to get me a few signed shirts as well, which was... Uh, bonus um so yeah overall it was it was a great day and obviously i've been invited again um you know whenever i can i can free up a bit of time to go back in so yeah i had a really good time and, and as i say it was great to sort of reconnect with some of the old coaches and, and and lads that i knew anyway i was absolutely buzzing for you like joe seeing seeing when you had the tweet up there the other day saying you're, you're going back back to carrington training ground you're going in obviously you're meeting a few Old faces, but also seeing new faces as well. You say you've seen the likes of Rashford, Bruno as well, and and yeah. obviously your old coaches as well. It's, it's absolutely crazy, you know, like to see, you know, kind of the, the clock being turned back. Do you know what I mean it's yeah. like deja vu? Do you know, seeing all all them old faces. Tell you what was it was a massive sort of um, sort of you know a flashback moment for me was when I went into the first team building. Obviously, a lot of United fans who know the club will know Kath Phipps, who works on reception. Um, so when I walked in, uh, initially Kath sat there, and obviously, you know, a lot of people will probably um, not know about the incident with the wage slip with Roy Keane. But obviously, Kath looked at me, and and you know, when you look at someone and they they sort of recognise you, but they don't really sort of know fully who it is. Uh, so I was talking to Tom. And um, she actually came over and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's you, Phil. She was like, how long is it since you've left? And obviously, I left in 2006. Um, I think Kat's been there for 50-odd years now. Um, 
so she was just saying like, oh you've made me feel even older than I feel already and we had a really good uh, you know catch up and yeah she she was somebody who was obviously going into training every single day you see Kath and you know she's one of the most you know joyful and nicest people you could ever meet so for me that was a really nice moment just seeing Kath and um, you know, being able to, you know, re- reconnect with people who's, you know, still, you know, got the the memories and, you know, still acknowledge, um, you know, the time that you had uh, at the club. So that was that was really nice. And, and as I say, um, something that brought back a lot of good memories for me, you know, because she was a, a big part of that coming in every day and, you know, making you feel welcome and, and greeting you with a smile makes a big difference. Yeah, 100%. And, like to see to hear that like that the person on reception was there back in like the early two thousands recognize yeah you know nearly twenty twenty years later you know is absolutely great and it's great to kind of see that kind of respect and kind of that I suppose that level of your know, admiration people share between each other within the football club is absolutely great to see yeah no it was amazing and and again it wasn't just calf you know there was some of the the physios who you know I was just walking across the pitches and um. One of the physios, uh, like, didn't even have to say anything. He just came running over. Like, I left the lad he was training with and just came running over and just, you know, gave me a big hug and was like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, what's, how's it been? What's going on? And, you know, when when people show you that sort of um, affection and, you know, whatever, it, it's massive um, sort of confidence booster and it makes you feel like you, you're worth, you, you're sort of worth within the club. And, um, yeah, it was just a brilliant day. I, I mean, if... Before I went, obviously, I, I was a little bit anxious and, you know, you, you sort of thinking how things might go because obviously I've not been there for that long and, you know, you're wondering, you know, whether people will still, you know, remember you or whatever. But honestly, the, the day probably couldn't have gone any better. Um, so I was just absolutely buzzing. And, you know, when I left, it was, you know, I was I was just sort of sat in the car for five minutes just thinking like that was an unbelievable experience. And, you know, everyone I spoke to was, you know, really nice and, it was just a, a, a fantastic day. And as I said, you know, every, everything I spoke to him about was really positive in terms of the coaching and, and my future plans. So, yeah, it was just it was just a, a, a perfect day, really. And um, as I say, I'm looking forward to, you know, going back in again um, in the future. So, yeah. Really. Interesting in the future, after you get your licence to go back coaching the football club, it'd be absolutely great to see. And look, it'd be, be great. I was always thinking in my head the other day, I have a mate who is in training ground right now. I'm at, at, at Carrington. I was, I said to Amy, literally sat there. I was like, "Do you know Phil was in training ground there today?" And she was like, "What?" And I was, just, was uh, I was telling her that you were delighted to be back in there. Do you know and, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that? And you were chatting afterwards, and like after you got after you finished in there, it's, I'm absolutely delighted. If you and look, hopefully you get back there soon. Hopefully you get coaching there as well because that would be like imagine you you came up through the academy, you've had the the hardships yeah. that you've had previously. And then you come back to the football club and go coaching there. That would just be you know, a fairy tale story. It really would. Yeah, and I, and I think um, I spoke. I can't. I mean, the, the the name escapes me. But I spoke to obviously Dave Bushell used to be the head of education and welfare when I was at the club. His, his roles changed now. Um, but the fella who uh, who oversees like the academy now, um, I was having a good chat to him, and he, he said to me about um, obviously with the, the car crash incident that I had when I was at the club, he said it'd be great if, if um, whenever I was free, if I could come in and have a chat with some of the younger players. Cause I think um, there's been a couple of incidents in the last couple of months at the club uh, with, with certain, you know, younger lads who's, you know, been doing some of the stuff they probably shouldn't do with, with cars and, 
you know, and, and obviously the money they're on nowadays, they can afford to buy, you know, Mercedes AMGs and stuff like that, which are really fast cars for lads of that age. So I think there's been a few incidents where um, they sort of maybe just need a little kick up the backside and, and just a bit of a reality check. And I think he said with your story and obviously it happening right outside the training ground where, where some of these incidents are happening, he said it might be a, a good chance to sort of um, just tell them obviously what happened to yourself and, and hopefully that might hit home a little bit with some of them because obviously when you're younger, you're a bit naive and you, you don't sort of fully appreciate the position you're in. Um, and obviously for some of them young players now, the opportunity they've got and, you know, people would give the right arm to be in their position. So you need to make sure you make the most of it. And I think that was something they, they, they was really keen on me doing. So again, that could be another um, chance and opportunity for me to go in and, and sort of share that experience with a few, because I think it is a, it is a you know, unique story, really what happened to me and, and obviously the, the way um, everything panned out and, you know, luckily I ended up, you know, coming back and having a, a decent crack of it but you know some people like Jimmy Davis you know didn't didn't sort of uh, you know live to tell the tale and, and and you're only sort of a moment of madness away from losing everything and, we, and we've seen it over the years not just at Man United but you know certain players you know getting a little bit carried away and, and you know forgetting about you know the main reason what what they're at the club to do and, and I think it'd be great for some of them young lads just to sort of give it um, a bit of perspective and, and you know, it's it's a story that I think might help with some of them young players because, as I say, the money in the football these days, it's it's hard to sort of keep yourself away from certain distractions. But, you know, you need to keep your head down and knuckle down if you're going to make a, a, a career in the game, especially at United, because, you know, the competition and the quality is going to be so high. Yeah, look, I think one thing that needs to happen, maybe some of these younger players, just to generalise it, I, I think it's like to put things into perspective, put life into perspective. You know, I think that's um, it's it's one of them where I think some some of these younger players need to kind of get a smack of reality um, in certain situations. And look, I think especially look here and that that some of the things they're doing, leaving the training ground, I think no better person to go down and obviously have it have a chat with them and hopefully give them up the hole that they do need. And um, Richard says in the comments here, Phil, come down to the butcher's arms. I'll buy you a pint. Um, but he can't come down now because he's on the podcast, but he might do later. Um, you never know. Um, I'll, leave, I'll leave that one to Phil. Um, but yeah, uh, look, we will crack on. We'll, we are going to chat about Sheriff last night. We're going to chat about West Ham. We will chat about a bit about um, a certain few players as well. Um, Sheriff last night, 1-3-0, Phil. Um, I was at the game last night. Very impressed with the performance. You know, we, in my opinion, we played really well. Um, one of our better performances of the season. Um what are your overall thoughts just on the way we played, the goals and you know, certain individuals um, that stood out to you? Yeah, I thought it was a good performance. As I say, we, we totally dominated the uh, possession and, and I think you know it was going to be um, only a matter of time really with, with the, the first goal. I think it obviously came at a really good time. I thought if, we, if, if it had got to half-time at nil-nil, I think that would have been an ideal scenario for Sheriff. I think they would have just you know sat in and, and made it really difficult for us to try and break them down in the second half. But Luckily, we, we sort of uh, huffed and puffed throughout the first half um, without creating anything really clear cut. And then, you know, getting that goal just before half time, I think that sort of um, settled the nerves a little bit. And, you know, second half, I thought we played a lot better. And 
as I said, the, the, the chances were always going to keep coming. It was just a matter of uh, taking them. And, and I think, um, as you said, there was a couple of standout performances for me tonight. I think Garnacho, first and foremost, you know, for his first game, um, spoke a little bit to you just before we came on air there about, you know, first time I've, I've seen a winger really positive and trying to get past a man and get into the byline and, you know, committing defenders, which, you know, Man United fans, that's what you want to see. You want to see a player who's willing to, you know, take somebody on and do something a little bit different. Um, and for me, it was a great overall performance. Thought he, you know, did did the right things majority of the time. You know, he tried to, you know, play when he when he could, and you know, when he got one v one, he wasn't afraid to to sort of take his man on and, and try and commit someone and drive into the box. So, yeah, I think he's a massive talent, and hopefully, he'll get a little bit more uh, game time in the coming weeks. Um, and and you know, he's only going to get better. I think he's a massive talent and and you know last night was probably just a um a sort of start for him. I think he'll he'll keep improving and keep building on that. Um again Casemiro and Martinez, I think you touched on them as well. I think they was both solid. Um, you know, picking balls up and just, you know, winning tackles and not not letting them sort of, you know, get any sort of real clear cut chances. I think any time they did sort of go forward it was quickly snuffed out by them too. Um especially so I thought them two were really good. Um, and then, yeah, I thought Rashford's goal was fantastic. You know, really good header. Um, slightly behind him as well. That's what it was. A, it was an yeah. straightforward header. He made it look quite easy, really. But that was a, a really, really great header. Um, and then Ronaldo, yeah, I think it was it was one of them nights for him. He was getting frustrated. You could see it on his face. And, you know, he booted the ball into the stand when he scored the goal. It was offside. But, you know, he kept plugging away. And, and I think that's probably going to be a, a massive moment for him, I think, obviously, after the incidents and the sort of saga that has been looming over him, I think, you know, a goal will, will do him the world of good. And I think hopefully that can, you know, sort of um, get rid of all the, the sort of drama that's been surrounding him and he can just sort of concentrate on his football now and hopefully the, the goals will start flowing for him. Yeah, like, look, Ronaldo last night, he had a couple of chances. The, the, offside, one, the offside one really, I can't swear... But it really annoyed me. It really annoyed me because the build-up play to that goal, Garnacho's touch, oh, stop. Like, it would have been one of the goals of the season in the Europa League. Like, it really would have um, in terms of like the build-up play and obviously the finish and the end of it. Um, unfortunately, it was offside. But yeah, I was really impressed. Like, you might, I'm, like we both discussed off-air, but like I think Casemiro and, and, and Martinez, just the way them two read the game and their anticipation is just A1. It, it, it really, really is... Um, like I've seen just like literally step around pitch side around there and like Martinez on my side for the whole first half and like literally he did not give that sheriff striker a sniff I think of all headers he only lost one header in the whole first half like literally only lost one header and even at that like he still got a bit of a nudge on him do you know like he reads the game so well and like watching him for his size and how he's out muscling out strengthening do you know Anticipating better than all these bigger players, like for sure, like he, his football brain is unbelievable. And look, this to watch Casemiro, um, just to watch him and, and just help watch how much of a general he is in midfield, it's something that we, we've been missing for a long time. And looked at like I've watched post Sir Alex, I've watched a lot of midfielders in that midfield, right, who simply aren't good enough to wear a Man United shirt. There's a lot of them afraid who haven't been good enough to wear a United shirt. Watch Casemiro. Like he, 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 there's a reason why he's won so much with Real Madrid and why he stayed in that team for so long, despite Real Madrid having a load of world class players. 
Yeah. There's a reason for that, and he's just unbelievable. And yeah, um, great to see Rashford get back on the score sheet again. Like you know, he's he's been performing very well this season. And one thing I'll always say is, apart from maybe his first season and the nineteen twenty season on the Solskjaer, doesn't score that many headed goals. Um, for a forward, he actually doesn't score that many. Um, and to see the way he kind of guided that header in last night was, was very good to see. Um, I believe that I think it was like it was on the far side, but it was Luke Shaw cross? Sort of, I think Shaw. Yeah, Luke Shaw. Was, yeah, Shaw. Yeah, I was, I was pretty, I was half, I was a bit half caught at that stage, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was thinking of Luke Shaw. Um, but yeah, like look, that Rashford Shaw partnership again shining through. It's something that look, even last season I was dying on the hill that them two should still be playing on the same wing, um, and to see kind of that that partnership link up again last night was good and. Look, Alejandro Garnacho, I, I, he he's going to be a superstar. And I hate like I hate saying this this early about a player, but literally the first couple of minutes of the match last night, I turned I turned around. People were sitting around me, and we were all like, "Joe, like it was breathtaking." We were all saying like, "Look, he's going to be special," because <laughs> when you're at Old Trafford, you know. In, lately, you know, there hasn't been many players who like they'll get you off your seat. Like you know, in the last five years, so we, there hasn't been many occasions where a player does something and gets you off your seat, and do you, you think for that moment? Yeah, he's everywhere class. He's going straight to the top. You know, I think I think it was a, a little bit like sort of you know young Ronaldo vibes for me. And I wouldn't mm. go as far as saying you know maybe you know not not that far, but, you know, you same sort of feel that, you know, when he first broke into the team and he was exciting on your edge of your seat, you know, you, every time he gets the ball, you feel like he's going to do something. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, last night he was sensational and I think, as you say, he'll only get better um, with, with the more games that he plays and I think it's a massive bonus for him that he's, he's training regularly with the first team. I think that, that is honestly, you know, such a, a big um, positive. He's only after winning the Cup there like a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. So I think, you know, when you get into that first team dressing room and you, you're training with the, the players regular, you know, and you see the standard of the training and it just brings you on so much because, as I say, it's sink or swim when you go into that first team sessions because the standard's just so much different. Everything's quicker. You know, you've got to think faster. You know, your touch has got to be, like, so good. And I think you can see he's, he's massively benefited from that. And, and last night was a, a superb performance and I, and I think he's going to be a massive talent, yeah. And do you know what as well? It's just the fact that even sometimes when he lost the ball and he got tackled, he got up and still took players on. Whereas I'm not going to name drop any players, but we've seen in in recent times where one of our wingers might lose the ball and they might take the easy option and make the pass back to the left back or back yeah. into the McTominay and Fred, you know, at the time. Whereas you see Garnacho, he was getting fouled, he was getting kicked, and he was like, look, he was getting up and standing his man up again and don't put pinning him back. So Again, I think, like I said, similar to Malassia, I think we should definitely be careful in, in terms of like, how many games we give him. I, I still think there's a bedding in process that needs to happen there. Um, but if you look at the, the fact we've we're, we've the Europa League, we've plenty of Premier League games, we'll have the Carabao and FA Cup coming up. Yeah. He can definitely get, play a decent amount of games yeah. this season and they think, get that exposure that he needs. Yeah, I think I, I'd give him another game in the um, in the Carabao Cup against Villa. I think that'd be another great opportunity for him, um, you know, against a, a Premier League established club, you know, just give him the opportunity again to to sort of see what he can do. I think, you know, he's he's, he's earned the right for me to, to sort of um, 
get another chance pretty quickly. So I think you know that that game for me would be one um, where the manager you know could probably afford to to you know reshuffle the deck a little bit and give a few other players a game. And, and for me, he's you know first in the line. He deserves that opportunity straight away after that performance. Yeah, he definitely. I think he definitely deserves a game. Um, whether I think whether it's Villa or even off the bench Sunday, because um, like people are calling for him to start Sunday. I still think, you know, if you look at the the front three, I don't think he'll start. I think yeah. Ronaldo might come back in and Rashford maybe push to the left. Um, now it's fair. Ten Hag did say today that Martial's making good progress. Now whether he, he brings Martial into the team, I doubt it. I still think maybe he's probably thinking he's probably going to. I know Martial's way back from injury. But I think what he might do with Martial is give him between now and the World Cup to probably really let his body heal. And then after the World Cup, unleash him into the, onto the Premier League. You know, I think that's what he'll probably do, um, you know, in, in that case. But yeah, he's he, I, I just think he's going to be a good player. But I think, again, we just have to be mindful that we don't overexpose him. Like you look last season, like me, you and Lee were praising Anthony Alanga every single week. Because of his work rate, because of his commitment. But the one thing what happened to him last season is Ralph Ragnick exposed him last season. Like he did, he overexposed him. Um and you know, he played too many games and consequently it probably stunted his development a bit. Um so like that's what I'm thinking with with Garnacho, whereas look, he's like, he's going to be a top player. But I just think at the moment we'd still have to kind of watch his development closely and just not overexpose him in the Premier League because it is um, the hardest league in the world. Games against like the Sheriff, Villa and the Cup. They're they're good they're a good starting point um at the moment because if you look at other players in, in similar positions right now there's a couple of players there who are on the fringes of getting dropped anyway you know just like if you look at like the Jaden Sancho you know like players like that who aren't playing playing very well at the minute maybe Garnacho can maybe capitalize on that 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 could potentially be a thing for him but at the moment I think you know Ten Hag is a very astute manager and um, he will he's he has a track record of working with young players so. I think we have probably have the perfect manager for that player at uh, this moment in time. If you had a, like a manager like Jose Mourinho at the minute, I'd be a bit worried about Garnacho's future um, at the football club. But look, we have a manager who likes playing young players and Joe you know, has a good track record of building young players. You look like some of all them YX players that broke out in the last couple of years, like Gravin Birch, Joe you know, Timber, players like that, you know. Like he has he has a good record of, of, of really building up these young players. So hopefully, um, with, with this, that Ten Hag can manage Garnacho's minutes, and we do see you know, good development for our firm this season, and, and consequently, he signs that contract. He's actually out of contract very soon. Um, and now I know he's a young player, but if you look at the way, if he, the club, other clubs are going to see some of them performances, you know, like yeah, I dare to say, yeah. it's, it's it's down to a decent contract. Yeah. Definitely, 100%. But I think, look, he was a breath of fresh air, but I kind of want to move on to something else in the game yesterday because Harry Maguire um, returned yesterday. Um, now, I, I was in the ground last night, and when he came on, to be fair, the majority of the stadium did um, you know, give him a good reception. Um, there was a couple of boos last night, which I found, look, I'm just going to be completely um, blunt and honest about it. It's just absolutely strange behaviour, like booing one of your own players. Just absolute strange behaviour. Like, I don't get it. Really don't get it. I don't condone it either. Just, just stupid people. Um, in that case, but I thought Harry Maguire actually played very well and he came on, read the game very well, made the you know, crucial interceptions, and his passing was very good last night. I thought the way he was switching played and you know, keeping it ticking, I thought he was very good. 
um, considering he's actually been out for a, a little while now. Um, he, I thought he looked quite sharp last night. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on Maguire's performance last night, Phil? Yeah, I thought, you know, when he came on, he, he didn't really sort of, um, you know, do anything that, that, you know, you wouldn't have expected him to not be able to do. I think it was quite comfortable when he came on. And um, as you say, he came on, his passing was good. You know, he looked confident considering he's obviously not played for quite a while. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, for me, I think, you know, with the injury to Varane now, I think, you know, in his head, he's, he's probably thinking this this could be my opportunity now to, to maybe get back into the team for a little bit. You know, World Cup's around the corner. He, he probably needs to be... Um, you know, playing a few games before going into into that sort of World Cup um, camp, and and you know if he's going to be starting for England, he'll he'll need a few ninety minutes under his belt. So, yeah, it'd be interesting, obviously, to see whether you know he, he sort of gets back in. I think obviously between him and Lindelof at the moment with um, partnering Martinez, but yeah, you know the other day he, he came on and and you know he didn't really put a foot wrong. I thought his yellow card was very harsh. I don't think that was yeah, Um so I wouldn't sort of, you know, be, be too upset about that. I think that was just a bad refereeing um, decision. Um, so, yeah, you know, for, for him, he, he's obviously, you know, been working hard on the training ground and he's probably chomping at the bit to, to get back into the team. So hopefully, you know, for, for him and he, if he comes back in, he can he can start playing well and, you know, we can we can sort of see the, the Harry Maguire that we know is in there. He's obviously gone through a bit of a dip in form in, in recent times, but, um, yeah, I think that the, I was just touching on the, the fans as well who was booing. I think, you know, that kind of thing certainly doesn't help. And I think it's crazy to think that, you know, a supporter of a football club would boo any of these players, regardless of, you know, form. Uh, uh, on that one, I think it's a lot of people who are, I think the people who are booing Harry Maguire are probably likely to be people who are influenced by people who they shouldn't be influenced by, if yeah. you know what I mean, in, in terms yeah. of that, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, and 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 listen, you know, I get that, and you know, you're never going to have a, a perfect um, fan base in regards to to you know supporting players and you know whatever. But I think for me, um, you know, every, every fan should try and get behind all the players, regardless of you know what's going on and you know dips in form and anything like that. I said because you know he's not going to play any better by booing him, is he? You know, he's he's only going to. Um, Go out there and try his best. He's never gone out there and intentionally not played well, and, and I, th- I think that goes for any player that steps on the pitch. Nobody goes out and tries to have a bad game. And for me, everyone needs to really get behind him. And, and I think you know, if he does start playing and get everyone in the team and, and the fans get behind him, I'm sure I'm sure he'll find his form again because the club now and and the team that we've got and you know the manager that's came in and, and sort of you can see the, the steady progress um, gradually getting there. I think you know he's in a Miles better place now if he does come into the team with with settled players and I think you know with the confidence that the players have got now I think you know this time last year we we'd be saying you know we don't know what kind of performance we're going to get from one week to the next don't really feel confident going into any game that we was going to win again whereas now I've got more of a you know optimistic look on things and I think you know we're we're, we're far better um, overall in in terms of on the pitch and off the pitch um, so yeah you know for me. Hopefully he gets his opportunity to come back in and, and, and he can keep his shirt for as long as he, he can. You know, it's up to him if he keeps his shirt. Obviously, Varane's going to be out for a little bit. If he keeps his shirt and plays well, then that's great. And, you know, long may that continue. Yeah, like, look, I think at the end of the day, we do need himself and Lindelof to step up now because obviously, look, Varane and Martinez have been, you know, a staple of our back four since Ten Hag's come in and they've done a fantastic job as a partnership. 
I think at the moment, if you look back four now, like I think it's clear to say that Lisandro Martinez is our best defender right now. Even with Varane there, I'd still probably argue if you look over the whole system, Martinez has been our best defender all season because um, he's been most consistent. Um, so like I think right now, it's really a battle between Maguire and Lindelof for that shark. Now, Look, Lindelof, is, Lindelof has his own set of skills. Maguire has his own set of skills. They're two completely different types of centre-half. But I think one thing is very clear is they're not going to move the fella beside him. Like, Martinez is not moving out of that team. So it's up to the two of them now to push each other to try to try get into the team. And, look, if Harry Maguire can come back and play the way he did, um, you know, when he was at the top of his game at United under, under Solskjaer, that season we did finish second and got the Europa League final, then he would be a good addition beside Lisandro Martinez at centre-half. Or, like, look, if you look at Lindelof, like, Lindelof has, has had good spells at the club as well. And he's played very well um, for the club, Joe, at times. So, like, look, we both know two of them can play well. Like, look, are they both the centre-halves? Are, 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 they, they, are they the centre-halves that are going to help us win the league? Probably not. Look, let's be honest. Let's be completely blunt about it. They're probably not. But if you look right now, when Rafael Varane is out, they're going to have to do. So, like, we have to support them. And for people who... Like went to the ground and booed him. Like Jesus Christ! Like that's like it's. I just don't get it. You're, you're there to support the team. You've paid your money, whether you're a season ticket holder or whether you you, you bought the ticket singly to go to the game yesterday. You paid to take. You paid your hard-earned money to go and watch Man United and support your team. But then you contradict yourself by booing one of your own players. Like it, I just don't get it. Um, but again. But as I said on, on Twitter today, a large majority of our, of the fans cheered him yesterday. There was only a small minority that actually booed him um, last night. But look again, then people leave them to their own devices. They like look if they want to boom, that that's their prerogative. That's their the decision. Um, but I think really you should be supporting all your own players, regardless if you think they're good enough or not to play for the football club. Like the end of the day, I said. I said on the pod here a couple of weeks ago, I don't think Maguire is good enough to play for the football club in terms of the long-term progression at centre-half when I see the likes of Martinez and Varane playing there. But while he's here now, why we, we have him? And like, you know, while Varane is out, we need him now. Mm. Like, you know, what would you, what would you prefer? Um, Maguire and Maguire not to play and you play someone who's completely inexperienced and, you know, might leave us a bit exposed in the bigger games. You know, like people need to just get get over themselves and to support the team. And look, we can think about the long-term future of these players when the season is over. Like that's all I would say. Once the season is here and once the good form is here, then like, look, um, we should be supporting all of our players and be proud of the rebuild that's happening right now because we're actually playing quite well. Like yeah. we're playing good football. And like the stats, the stats back this up with as well because I'm actually going to bring up the bring up this, okay? Because like there's a, I know there's a comment here about Anthony which I will get to in a minute because it, it's gonna it's, it's gonna bring this full circle, and and I'm gonna talk about it in terms of pundits as well. So if you look at our first four Premier League games, Phil, um, under Eric Ten Hag, possession we were ranked 12th in the league. For our passes ending in the final third, we were ranked 12 12th in the league. For shots on target. We were ranked 12th in the league. For total shots in the game, we were ranked 16th in the league. For possession one in the final third, we were 18th in the league. Now, they're really worrying statistics, right? You look at the last four Premier League games. Possession, fourth highest in the league. Uh, joint fourth highest, actually, sorry. Passes in the final third, second highest. Shots on target, second highest. Total shots in, 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 in a game, averaging in the last 
per game, second highest, and possession won the final third, second highest. Man United are one of the most hard-working teams in the league now. We're playing good football, we're creating chances, and you know, we're starting to see a glimpse of what Ten Hag fo- Ten Hag ball is, his total football, what that is. We're starting to see a glimpse of it. And if you want to like really deep that as well, do you know them last four games? Do you know three of them three of them four teams were? Newcastle, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Top, top teams. Really good teams in the league this season. So, like, people are trying to pick out negatives out of certain situations where we're actually progressing under this new manager. There's players come in, they've done really well. Anthony, I'm going to bring it up right now because Anthony's actually been playing fantastic this season. He's come in, scored goals. But, Phil, I'm going to bring this to you because obviously you're an ex-pro. You play the game at a, a, a high level. Richard says here, what do you think of the criticism Anthony's come in for for his alleged show voting during the Sheriff game last night? I'm going to leave this one to you because if I answer this myself, honestly, I'll probably lose the, lose the plot. But I'll leave this one to you. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think you, you can see it from sort of both sides of the fence. And I think, you know, me just going off, you know, my personal opinion on it, I, I actually don't mind that. I mean... I, I want to go to a football ground and get entertained and I want players to, you know, do stuff that, you know, isn't, you know, ordinary stuff. And I want to, you know, be on the edge of my seat and watch players do some uh, really good skills. Okay, last night, that particular time in the game, probably not the best time to be doing that kind of stuff. You know, it's nil-nil. You know, we've not really looked like we was sort of going to break them down at that particular point. And I think, obviously, he's passed the ball out of play straight after it, so... I can understand why why people have jumped on that and, and sort of, you know, ran with it. And I think it's a generational thing. I think obviously some players and managers and people who look at that who are a bit old school will will think, oh, he's, you know, taking the mickey or, you know, he, what's the point in doing that? There's no, um, there's no point in it. Whereas I think, you know, somebody like Antony who's grew up, you know, he's Brazilian, you know, that's part of his armory, that's his game. You know, he's done that you know, many a time in, in, in other games that I've seen and, I think, you know, that's, if, if you, you know, trying to take that away from him and you're trying to, you know, slate him for when he does stuff like that, I think, you know, that's that's the, what's got him to where he is today. And um, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, that's the right thing to do every single game. Um, but, you know, you want players to express themselves on the pitch. You want them to, you know, go out there and, and, and do what they need to do in order to, you know, win a game of football. And if that's, you know, producing, you know, moments of... Um, skill that you know people have split opinions on then you know I, I don't think that's going to bother Anthony myself and you know the manager last night when you've seen the, the the footage back he sort of wasn't happy you could see on his face he was a little bit but I don't necessarily think that was because he did what he did I just think because he obviously did it and the pass went out of play I think if that ball goes straight into the box and we cut that across and score everyone's raving about it do you know what I mean yeah it's just it's just a, it's just um sort of the circumstances after it, you know, wasn't ideal. And I think um a lot of people have probably got got gone a little bit overboard with the with the criticism on on Anthony because if you look at the way he started and obviously everything else that he brings to the table, um, in terms of his work rate and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, for me, you know, he's had a he's had a great start to his career at Man United. He's scored goals, he's he's worked his socks off. All right, he's made a few poor decisions and he's maybe lost the ball a couple of times and he's obviously done that little bit of skill that didn't go quite to plan. But, you know, you've got to look at the bigger picture. And for me, 
okay, as a manager, you might look at it and think, you know, not a, not a great thing to be doing at that particular moment in a game. If you're four or five nil up and you do it, you know, it's not a big of a deal. But for me, it's been completely sort of blown out of proportion. And and I think, you know, you want to see some of these young, young talented players, you know, producing moments as magic and doing, you know, whatever they feel is necessary to, to sort of um, create them that moment of space to, to do something. And I think, you know, for me, if, if you start, you know, hammering players for doing these kind of stuff, then, you know, what, what do you want to go to a football ground and see just, you know, players just pass the ball around all the time and try and score the perfect goal. You need players to, you know, be able to do something a little bit different. And, you know, some of the younger kids, when, when they go to grounds, they want to see stuff like that because again, I think it's where the football's evolved and, you know, it's not, you know, you, you probably wouldn't have seen players doing anything like that sort of, you know, 30, 40 years ago when, when football was just, you know, muddy pitches and people getting stuck in and trying, whereas now it's, you know, everything's developed and some of these players have, have you know, got abundance of skills that they want to show off and, and, you know, give the people who's paying good money, you know, some entertainment. And it's, it's, it's one of them. I mean, I'm sort of, um, you know, massively you know, on the side of, you know, people going to the games and wanting to watch players express themselves. So I think, you know, a lot of ex-players and managers have, have probably gone in a little bit hard and probably a little bit over the top. And I think, you know, for me, it's it's not a massive issue. It, it's just, you know, a player wanting to try and, you know, do his best and, and you know, do something a little bit different, which I, I'm all for. Yeah, look, I, being honest, right, one of the things I'll say about this is, a lot of people criticise Pep Guardiola for taking the joy of Jack Grealish's game, letting him express himself, right? Um, which is, look, at the end of the day, that you know some of it was out of order, but I see to the point of where why people would say that because Grealish is a brilliant player, similar to Anthony here. Like Anthony's game is all about flair. It's all about you know keeping players on edge now if you're Anthony now if you want to take that out of Anthony's game and just make him utterly predictable then that that's your that's your opinion that's their your prerogative but no as you said Phil no one says anything about that if the if the weight in that pass was slightly lighter if the weight in that pass is slightly lighter we score a goal there 100 percent what we've, yeah, we've uh, that's what I mean it, it's like it's it's because the pass went out of play, everyone's made a massive issue out of it. If if he does that, slips it in and we score a goal, that's getting, you know, replayed and it's getting, you know, going on Twitter and it's all over the internet because of, you know, it's it's world-class bit of play. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. think it's too easy. You, people are too easy to, to sort of jump on the bandwagon of, oh, he's taking the mickey or he's, you know, he thinks he's better than he is or, you know, he's got the audacity to, to do that. Um you know, when it's nil-nil in a game of football. But at the end of the day, you know, that's that's part of his game. That's the way he's been brought up. That's what's got him to where he is today. He's not going to change that unless, you know, somebody, the manager, you know, directly tells him, stop doing that. And I don't think that's the case. Obviously, Tenag, I don't think, you know, was... Um, after the game, was necessarily saying, you know, I brought him off because he did that bit of skill I think that was pre-planned um, and and obviously for me you know as I said you know fans want to be going to a game and, and having players like Anthony and you know Garnacho and people like that getting you on the edge of the seat and doing something different and 
you know, making the game fun and enjoyable. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it was sort of um, massively sort of blown out of proportion by by certain people. And, and again, everyone's entitled to their opinions. And and you know, certain managers would have would have dragged him off probably there and then after that happened. Um, but I think you know, football's evolved, and and certain players you've got to give them you know, a license to, to do things that are a bit off the cuff and a little bit, you know, out, out of the norm. So for me, that's a massive part of Anthony's game and what makes him so unpredictable and, and, and you know, dangerous. Yeah, you don't you don't take a, take a thing out of his game that, look, that makes his the game unpredictable. It just it baffles me. Look, again, there's certain individuals out there who are scrutinising him unfairly. And I think one Hargreaves was bang on last night when he said that, Joe, I think people in England just in general English football don't like seeing tricky players like Jesus Christ imagine if Neymar signed for Man United tomorrow morning imagine the stuff that would be right. saying you know or like if Jay, let's say prime JJ Okocha was in United's team right now Christ above like if, oh, if yeah. one little rainbow flicks in the corner wasn't he? yeah like man honest to God like I just don't get it I really don't get it do you know what's happening with these broadcasters now they are all sickened that they can't put out their clickbaity articles or their clickbait, you know, videos of crypto pundits or players or fans criticizing Man United at the minute. Like they are absolutely sick of United are playing well, and you know that isn't getting them headlines. That isn't getting them their views. Now the, the broadcasters are pushing an agenda, you know, on like particularly Man United and little things to try to disrupt. Yeah. The British, media, the British media, honestly, is is so sort of fickle, and and they jump on anything um, with with players or you know certain clubs to try and bring them down. And for me, you've got you've got to look at right. Okay, if Anthony's done that last night, and you know the six seven weeks whatever prior to that, he's been you know bang average, and he's not done anything, and he's you know not working hard, and he and he's you know been a, a, a sort of um, you know, average player, you could probably give him a little bit of stick, and and that'd probably be justified. But for me, you know, the way he started, he scored, he scored three in his first three games. As I said, he's working his socks off. You know, he's he's um, performing really well. He's been probably one of our, um, you know, um, best players in terms of the attacking um, areas, of the pitch. So for me, for him to try something like that, and and as I say, it, if it goes to um, I think it was Casemiro who made the running and the ball goes across. Everyone's raving about it. Um, but because it went out of play, people have just jumped on that. And again, you know, I don't want to keep sort of reiterating what I've said, but I think, you know, it, it's too easy to, you know, criticise players when when that's part of their armoury and what makes them um, a little bit different and unpredictable. And I think for me, you know, certain people have, have sort of um, unjust given um, a lot of criticism for it. And, and I'm, I'm all for players you know wanting to do what they do best express yourselves on a match day you know get get fans on the edge of the seats and and entertain people because that's what you pay good money to go and watch football yeah and and that's what I feel I think you know um that's my opinion on it everyone's got their own opinions but I I actually you know want to see players you know do stuff that's a little bit different and you know it's just you know that's the way football's gone it's it's a it's a different game it's evolved. Yeah, people have to get with the times. People have to get with the times. Now, look, at the end of the day, there, there, sometimes there is going to be a time and place you don't do a flick or whatever. 
what like you know whether you know for example if it's not your own 18 yard box and you're just outside the box you don't try that fucking spin then you, you don't do sorry for yeah. language here you don't try that spin there you don't you yeah. simply don't like as an attacker as an attacker keen you're always told in the final third you know you're the players that can you know try and if you give the ball away in the final third you know, they're not going to go and score straight away from that you know you're trying to do something to create an opportunity to do something different to you know be able to unlock the door if you like and try and you know create an opportunity or a chance and all right didn't go to pan you know, to plan what he what he intended but you know he he made a bit of space he did the little spin and and the pass is the right way it's a, it's a great little ball and we've we've created a goal scoring opportunity so for me why would you criticize him for doing it do you know what i mean he's that that's yeah. part of his game and it's just it's crazy for me with with some of the you know well some of the criticism i understand but you know some people have gone way too far with it i think you know in the final third you want your attackers to to try and do something and, and you know be able to break down a team because last night we was crying out for you know somebody to do something because they were sat in for sort of 35 Minutes and they were sat in a four five one, right? Literally, they sat in a four five one, and when I mean a four five one. There was no number ten there. There was no attacking yeah. midfielders there. It was literally a line of five, line of four, and literally your man isolated up top. That's mm. literally what it was. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's just my opinion, right? and and I say people are entitled to their own opinions, and I sort of can understand it from both sides of the, the fence. But for me. I'm I'm all for players wanting to do the best and and try things and express themselves on the pitch. Yeah, and look, we will leave that one for there because I do kind of want to touch on the opposition and we, just about yeah. some of the game before we kind of um before we wrap up. But um yeah, look, let's talk Anthony personally to to boil a lot of people's minds um on Sunday. I hope in the first minute he gets into that corner and he has Cresswell in the corner and he absolutely spins him. Hope <laughs> that happens. Absolutely hope hope that happens. But yeah, look at it. It's it's one of them. It's one of them. We leave them people to their preferences. But Phil, on top of the opposition a bit for Sunday, West Ham. Obviously last season they had a you know the decent enough season. Um they've a couple of they've made a couple of signings. And you know, maybe it, it's not the West Ham that we've seen of the last couple of seasons. They're tenth in the league at the minute. Um, four wins, two draws, six losses. Um, what have you made of West Ham's start, and especially, I suppose, Declan Rice as well? Because he hasn't, been, I suppose, he hasn't been the Declan Rice of recent times. Um, he seems to be kind of a bit off form at the minute. What, what's, what's your overall thoughts on West Ham at the moment? Yeah, I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag for West Ham this year. And I know they started the league poorly this year. Um, didn't get off to a good start at all. Um. With some of the results, um, I think they've started to pick it up a little bit in in previous weeks. I think you know they've had a couple of good results in the Europa League, and um, certain players have started finding a little bit more form. Um, but yeah, I think you know for us, it's a, it's a, probably a good time to play them. Um, as I said, they've they've not started probably as well as they would have hoped, and you know certainly over the last couple of years, they they had been you know up and around um, you know the top six, seven, eight places. So. I think for me, you know, it's a great opportunity to to go out and and you know pick up three points. I think you know the last couple of games, um, especially the Chelsea game and and the Tottenham game. Sorry, um, you know we've been outstanding, um, and I think we 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 can carry on that uh, form and and hopefully pick up the three points. I think West Ham, you know, they've got 
couple of players who who I've sort of watched this season and I've thought I've been quite impressed by. I think the the new strikers, it's Skamaka. Skamaka, yeah. yeah. He looks like he's a bit of a handful. Um, obviously, he's keeping Antonio out of the team at the minute, so he, he must be playing quite well because I, I do rate Antonio. Um, so I think he, he's obviously, you know, one to maybe watch. But I think Martinez, obviously, he's, he, he, he'll be rubbing his hands. I think he'll love that um, sort of uh, competition and, and sort of, um, you know, challenge on, on uh, Sunday against him. Um, I think Declan Rice, obviously, you just touched on him. I think he's started quite slow this season, as you said. I think he's started playing a little bit better in recent weeks. But obviously, you know, he was a big player for West Ham. And, and I think he he's obviously one that if they are going to be playing um, to the level that, that we've seen in the past, he needs to sort of, um, you know, be on his air game. Because, as I said, we're, we're not far away from the World Cup now. And, you know, there's certain players that probably and in the best of form who are probably going to be, you know, starting for England. So they, they are going to want to be, um, you know, impressing Southgate and making sure that they're in the starting team for, you know, that first game. But yeah, I think it, it, it's not going to be a straightforward game because West Ham always pose a bit of a threat. They always um, make it tough, don't they? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, obviously they've, they've had a bit of a mixed bag, so it could be a, you know, bit of an unknown with what kind of performance we're going to get from him. It could be a, a, a you know, straightforward win and, and they don't really pose a threat or, you know, they could come and, you know, play really well and give us a, a tough, tough game. But I think if we just play the way we've been playing, especially against Tottenham and, and Chelsea, I think we've, we've got far too much quality and, and I think we've been creating a lot more opportunities um, in the final third now and, you know, I think we're, we're, we're not far off um, giving someone a good hiding. I think in terms of the amount of possession and, and opportunities that we're, we're creating, I think if we can, you know, have a day where, you know, majority of them chances go in, we could give someone a, a real good hiding. I'm not saying that's going to happen against West Ham, but I think I've, I've sort of felt that way in the, the last couple of weeks that, you know, if we if we can find our shooting boots and, and you know, take a, a, a lot of the chances that we're creating that we should be, really, uh, when you look yeah. at some of the missed chances that we've had in, in previous weeks, um, you know, someone's going to be on the end of a, of a good hiding, I think, in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, hopefully it is against West Ham and we can kick on and get a couple more wins before the uh, World Cup break. But obviously it's going to be a tough game and West Ham always give us a, a decent game. So, But looking forward to it and I, and I have gone for a 2-0 a win on my prediction. So... That's, yeah. that's my, um, my, my thoughts. I think, you know, it's going to be a good game regardless. Yeah, look, it, it can go one or two ways. I think West Ham, either it's either we absolutely batter them or they're going to make it tough and it's going to be a grind. We'll have to grind to get the win. I think there's no in-between with them, um, you know, in that regard. But yeah, like, I've they've, they've been a mixed bag. I really like Skamaka up top. He's been, he's been good. Yeah. I think if you look at the midfield, I think Suchek has been... You know, this could really bite me in the backside now. But I think he's been really poor this season compared to last year. Um, yeah. I think while he has a physical presence and he likes a goal, it, he, he hasn't been like the, as, as good as he usually is. I think Rice has dropped off a bit as well. Um, do you know, like, I don't, like do you know, it, it's just strange. Now, luckily for us, they're also playing Thursday night football as well. Yeah. And they're playing in the Conference League. So it's not like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be at a massive disadvantage in in in, the, in that you know in that spectrum, you know that we they will um 
they will obviously also have the Thursday night. They'll have to be wrestling players. They're going to have to come up to Old Trafford as well. So we're not away from home. So that is that is good as well. Um, but yeah, it's a strange one. Previously, like last year or the year before, I wouldn't have been as confident. But this weekend, I feel like we will win. Um, now, do I think we'll we'll absolutely hammer them? I don't think we will. Because um, I think I still think, whilst they have their problems at the minute, and they're a bit you know, topsy-turvy, I do think they they still have a bit of experience in the team that you know will help them get through Old Trafford. I actually think that you know they'll probably make it tougher for us than Spurs did last week. You know, like Spurs were very easy to play against. I think they'll be more resolute than Spurs were in terms of the amount of chances they'll give up um, compared to Spurs. And now I could be massively wrong about that. Um, but you know, here we go. Um, but look, what we do is we're both going to give our starting elevens um, just. For Sunday's game, and also look, we give we already do have Phil's score prediction there as well, which is two 0 and we will give these um involuntary score prediction as well here this evening. We've also gone with a nine 0 for Lee Lawrence. No, we're not going to do that to him again. We're not going to stitch Lee up again like that. But yeah, Phil, give us your one to eleven um for a Sunday. Yeah, okay. I'm going to start with De Gea, uh, Dallo, um, Martinez. And I'm going to say Maguire. I think, obviously, we t- we spoke about it um, earlier on. I think, you know, it was probably between him and Lindelof uh, to get the nod why Varane's going to be injured. But I think that's probably a good good game for Maguire to come back in. I think, obviously, Samaka's going to be a handful, um, that physical presence. So, I think him and Martinez uh, would, would be a good um, sort of mix to, to sort of cope with that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have Maguire in at centre-half. Um I'm going to have Shaw left back uh, and then midfield, Casemiro. Um, I'm going to say Ericsson and Bruno. And then I'm going to go for, I think obviously the, the front three, I think you've put a spanner in the works by saying Martial could be potentially back. The, the, but, the thing about it is he said he's progressing very well, but I don't know how. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, I, I'm going to stick with what I had originally because I think if Martial is back fit and he's in training, then it could even be probably still a little bit too soon to maybe throw him back into the starting eleven. He may come on and, and then maybe play in the in the uh, cup game the week after. But yeah, I'm gonna go for uh, Rashford on the left, um, Ronaldo down the middle, and Anthony on the right. Um, that's gonna be my starting team for the West Ham game. Yeah, and do you know what? I pretty much have ten out of your eleven. Um, I've yeah. the same goalkeeper, I've the same midfielder, the same front three. Um, look, I think Ronaldo has to start this game. I think, look, if you look at West Ham, they're going to sit with a low block. We're going to have to have Ronaldo up top to, to kind of, I suppose, take that chance when we get it. Um, I think Rashford needs to play on the left. I think Anthony needs to play on the right. Simple reason being is they, they're both different players. They give us, they, they, they both offer a different threat, um, you know, as, as a... As, as 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 forwards, I think like look when you play Anthony and Jaden Sancho on the same team, none of them give you a threat in behind, mm-hmm. you know, um like Anthony and Sancho will come to the ball. Whereas if you have Rashford who runs in behind and can be a bit more direct than Anthony, then look you have something different. You have different types of threat. Like I always align that type of two wingers like a, a threat to kind of when remember when City had their last season. I'm not sorry, the season before when Sterling would run in behind and then Mares would kind of be that player would come to the ball and make things happen on le- on the right with his left foot. So that's kind of the way I'd be kind of looking at the way, you know, the way the yeah. front normally works. I think, look, that's what Ten Hag, like when when we have a fully fit squad, like Ten Hag's best front three is Anthony and right, Martial up top and um, 
Rashford left. That's our strongest front three when everyone's fit. But right now, like I think, look, you still have to have them two on the wing because again, they offer something different. And I think Ronaldo just for his just for his finishing, I think the fact he scored well, he scored one last night and had a disallowed goal. And he's going to be confident as well. He's going to be up for it. He he want to score more goals. And Rashford is actually only one off a hundred goals as well. Um and one of the only goals, a few goals he scored last season was a winner against West Ham um, last season. So, look, hopefully that's a good omen that he gets goal number 100 against him. He's actually got a, quite a few goals against West Ham. Yeah. Um, I, remember one, I remember the one uh, when he first broke onto the scene. I don't know if it was in his first or second season when he, actually, he whipped one top in. Mm. Um, I think it was in the Cup. Um, and that was a superb goal. Um think that was a, a goal like we won it late on and it, and it was a fantastic finish so hopefully he can carry on that little bit of good form he's got against West Ham because I think to be fair Rashford for me this year has probably you know been the biggest surprise for me I, I would never have said you know from last season the talks we was having about how you know he looked shot of confidence and the, the sort of you know body language and, and the way yeah. he was you know he's been unbelievable this year I think you know a lot of that comes down to the manager but you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to um, take your hat off to, to Mark. He's obviously worked his socks off to get back to the levels that he's got to. And, and he just looks more confident now. Every time he gets the ball, you feel like he's wants to commit a man. He wants to create half a yard and get a shot off or, you know, beat a man. And that, that's the, the, the best version of Marcus Rashford. And, and it's great to see him in, in back, really. Yeah, and look, I, I said to you last season, Phil, I knew there was a player in there. I said last, last summer... Take some time off yourself. Forget about football. Forget about your, your other commitments. Concentrate on yourself. Look yeah. what he done. He went off to America for that summer and he's rebuilt himself. You know, yeah. it's almost yeah. like you know, it's almost like we know what we talk we, we're talking about on this podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's you almost like we know yeah. what we're. Talking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like look, I'm I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's confident scoring goals again and looking look at can only benefit us going forward. I think he's the right manager to unlock that extra extra aspect of his game. And look, he even came on number 10 last night, which was a bit, bit, bit weird. But look, let's see what Rashford does. And the, 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 the change actually was different. It was Ive Lindelof centre-half. I just think maybe Ten Hag may, may wait to bring Maguire back into the team. Maybe for Sociedad, I think he might do it then. Um, but let's see. Um, so Phil went 2-0 his score prediction. Um, Lee Lawrence, um, who unfortunately couldn't be with us today, but Lee has gone um, to one. I know we're due to give a team a hiding, but I don't know if that's going to be this weekend because I think Moisey is just going to sit on that 18-yard line and he's going to try to nick a 1-0 or do a nil-nil draw. So I'm I'm actually going to go 1-0. I think it's where I think we'll batter him in terms of possession and chances. I think it may be a case, um, you know, we may only nick you know what it is keen for me. I think you know we've we've not had a game recently where we've scored early. You know, like when we've really yeah. got a goal in the first five ten minutes. I think if, if we could get a goal early, um, you know, against one of these next couple of teams that we play against, and and you know just keep you know, make like, them come out. Yeah, just make them sort of have to do something a little bit. I think I think we're you know not far away from from giving someone a good hiding. Um, but as I say, that that'll only come with you know an early goal in in in. A certain game and, and I think the floodgates are ready to be opened. Yeah, I said it last night. Literally, we got the goal um just before half time last night with that low score. And I, I turned around to your man who's sitting to my left and I said, floodgates are opening now. Because we yeah. got a goal at before half time, lo and yeah. behold we scored two in the second half. Um so like we we go with our score predictions there, Phil. So 
I went 1-0, you went 2-0, Lee went 2-1. Um, and Richard in the comments also says 3-0 as well. So, yeah, look, it, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, look, I'd love we absolutely battered them as well. I really love, I'd love a few goals um, at Trafford on Sunday. But we're going to wrap it up there, guys. Thanks very much, everyone, for watching live and who's listening back on the replay. Don't forget to like and share the video. And look, if you're listening on um, the audio platform, and um, do make sure to subscribe on our audio platforms as well. But thanks very much, everyone, for watching. Hope you all have a good weekend. And most importantly, let's hope Man United go out there and smash the hammers on Sunday. But until then, guys, thanks very much, and we'll see you later. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans